Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's podcast. This is the very first podcast recorded for people that I know, and my name is Laura. And tonight we have the pleasure of meeting my husband, James, on here. So welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks very much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. This is a a first for me, I'll say that. (laughs) Well, I think it's a first. Yeah, I guess it's a first for both of us. So you're my perfect uh, lab rat to bring on. (laughs) So what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, and obviously it's funny, like when you're married, I know, I know the story, but you often just kind of, you get so um, involved in it that there's a lot of questions that I've never really asked you about it. And obviously to start with, we're going to explain to the listeners what we're going to talk about. So to go to the most basic level, I want to talk to you about the injury that you had as a mechanic um, and kind of go from there and, and what change it's brought about to your life. Cause obviously it was a pretty dramatic change. So let's go right back to 2016. You got injured. Just tell everybody what happened. Uh, so basically, um, I was work, uh, as you said, I was working as a mechanic and I was one for about 10 years and I was working on a vehicle and I had a part that was really seized. So I had to, uh, most of the parts there, everything it was right off at that point, the, like all the parts there, nothing was salvageable. So I was having to use a sledgehammer to try and, you know, break some of the reusable parts free. Um, mm. What happened, though, I was swinging it for about 45 minutes, which is a long time to be swinging a sledgehammer. And eventually I just felt this weird pop in my wrist. I didn't really think mm-hmm. any of it and kind of went about my way for the next couple of weeks until one day I was setting up my hoist to lift up a vehicle. And all of a sudden it was just so painful going through my wrist. I'm like, oh, man. And I remember you and I sitting out on our balcony in our apartment at that point. And I said to you, it's like, man, my wrist is really killing me. So mm-hmm. I went to the clinic the next day, had them x-rayed, and the surgeon or the doctor at the time told me, he said, you know, you have a really bad wrist or you've got a bad torn ligament. I said, oh, wow, really? Like, mm-hmm. not even realizing how bad it was. So mm-hmm. he said, you know, I'm going to have to set you up for with an appointment, basically a consultation with the surgeon. So, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely pretty crazy um, how fast everything transpired too. From my memory, mm-hmm. I know it was 2016, and um, basically, you know, it was it was something that you seemed you didn't seem too concerned about it. But I I don't I can't remember the exact point that things kind of changed. But maybe it was that day when you were using the hoist, and you know, you were in a lot of pain, obviously. So fast forward, and you wound up having to go into surgery correct so yeah so basically i i went through the whole went through all the motions with my surgeon who was awesome got to meet him i had to go through all the process of getting ready for surgery and he kind of explained to me what we were going to do and you know for at at that time work at that point had put me on to workers comp and Mm -hmm. they basically didn't really have anything for me so i more or less stayed home most pretty much most of the summer up until about a month before work was like, well, we'll get you back and, you know, you can do whatever, which was more of a waste of time. I mean, well, it wasn't a waste of time, but I mean, I didn't really accomplish a lot up until my surgery date. And yeah, you know, you are right. It didn't really affect me until right probably the day before when I realized how scared I was to go in and do the surgery. And um, basically, 
the next morning when you went to take me to go ahead get the surgery done, um, I was so nervous on my way there. And I remember kind of sitting there, laying down on the bed before they kind of wheeled me in for the surgery. And yeah, it was, that's when it really hit me as to what was really transpiring and going on here. Right. So. Absolutely. Uh, just when I went in right before I went in for surgeries, when it hit me. Yeah. So getting back to, you know, obviously the shock factor of it and realizing that you had to get the first surgery that you've ever had, which is a big deal. Um, and obviously it was kind of intense for me as a partner to uh to go through all this with you and um just a funny side note we weren't married yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so you so uh (laughs) i think i remember what happened though if you remember oh yeah yeah well uh (laughs) i mean to give you an idea i got out of the surgery and i remember it's Speaking of the surgery, before I touch on that, I mean, it is astonishing. Like, they wheel you in here, and then there's all these bright lights and all this equipment. You're just like, whoa, what's going on in here? Mm -hmm. And the anesthesiologist kind of sits down, and they start giving you stuff. And like, yeah, we're going to count down from 10, and you'll fall asleep. And, like, you don't even make it to 3. And (laughs) at that point, you are out cold and then have no idea what's going on. You just wake up as if you had just closed your eyes for all of a second and then but meanwhile the surgery's done yeah didn't they make you you had to like confirm what arm they were uh oh yeah they you had to confirm your name uh who you were what they were doing on you about three or four times beforehand just obviously for the purpose of making sure one they have the right person and two they're operating on the right thing right so and it's funny, your surgeon who you've talked about this with for the last six months, it's it's funny when he's asking you and making sure and verifying. I mean, I, all, I totally get what they're doing and I approve of it, but it's just it's just ironic, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. man, I've met you how many times now? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then you eventually you wake up and you're super groggy and you're like, oh, is, is that it? It's done? And, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and meanwhile, they're like, yeah, James, it's done. <laughs> oh, I can't feel my arm. Bro. I mean, you're so out of it. You sound like a the you sound like the village drunk at this point because you're, mm-hmm. you're all these drugs are kind of wearing off, and then they wheel you into the other <laughs> room. Where I'm kinda... going to interject for a second, and that's I can only do this because you're my husband. But talking about the village drunk, it was a hell of a time getting over that hospital. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And <laughs> you had like the funniest priorities in life. <laughs> oh yeah i mean so just, your priorities were just hilarious and yeah and, <laughs> well. and i mean i guess because i mean you weren't feeling any pain that's for sure no and i remember when we got home um it was a lot because like we were pretty new in our relationship too and i was basically you know you, you were you know a ton of pain like that oh. the scar that you have like that was pretty intense surgery and I was taking such good care of you. Um, and I, I'm interviewing you, so you can tell me what your recollection is. But you were just like, you know, new relationship, not married yet. And you were like so thankful. I, bought, I think I bought you pajamas, like new oh, pajamas. Yeah. And <laughs> you, can, you can take it from here if you yeah, know what so I'm referring I mean, to. So just a funny I, little segue. Yeah, I mean, when I got out of the surgery, they wheeled me into this like recovery room. 
And they wheeled me beside this guy who obviously had way more intense surgery than I did. I looked over at him because I'm, I'm kind of awake at this point. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't feel my arm at all. I look over at this guy and his tongue's hanging out of his mouth. I'm like, whoa, what do they give that guy? Like, So anyways, they finally wheel me back into the room where I initially was when I first got there. And you weren't back yet because I think you had gone to get the prescription for the T3s. And yes. They gave me some toast and coffee, which was so <laughs> nice because I was starving because you can't eat. You can't even have water before your surgery. Yeah. And so anyways, get out. And then, yeah, you're, you're not. <laughs> yeah, priorities. Obviously, you had to try and help me get my shirt back on which i've got this dead arm that's got this big cast on it so we had to try and figure that out but yeah my priorities were i need a cigarette right now that's and, what it was it, and we it had was to like go so cold outside too it was winter no, time no it wasn't that bad because it, it was, was november uh, it was november third yeah. i think it was yeah and anyways but yeah i needed a cigarette at that point but really bad. funny which it wasn't too bad actually the first time we went the first surgery it was actually nice it was the second surgery when it was really cold and same priorities at that point. So, well, those but, were your priorities, but what did you? You don't know what I'm alluding to at all, do you? Oh, I do. And then, yeah, of course, we got me <laughs> home, and I was in insane amounts of pain. And the reason why was because the nurses had told us, no, only take one T3. Meanwhile, my mom and other people told us, no, get ahead of them if you need to take two. Well, I didn't get ahead of them, and the pain caught up to me, and it was just, it was. It was an uphill battle the whole way trying to catch up to this pain. And the amount of pain I was in on the first surgery was worse than the second and the third. So, You still don't know what I'm alluding to. I oh do, and God. I'm just going to get right to that now. We only yes, have 25 minutes here, sir. They you gave me stick T3s, and I told you I would make you my wife. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so romantic. Very. Didn't, remember, didn't remember telling me. And lo and behold, I got a ring on my finger, what, six weeks later, and... Uh, maybe less, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. um, oh, you're taking such good care of me. I'm going to marry you. Well, I was in a lot of pain. It, it was, was crazy. sweet. It was very sweet. But, like, going back, so the surgeries happen. We get married. They find a new position for you yeah. um, at Murray's. But before all of that, you were on workers' comp for quite some time. Yeah. And I want to get, like, I think, I think the listeners, they understand, like, what happened, right? They know you got injured. They know you had a crazy surgery, lots of pain, physical mm-hmm. pain. But what I want to dive into now is, like, okay, you're on workers' comp, and you have no idea what's coming next after 10 years of being a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And I want to get more into, like, the mental struggles you must have had there, or whatever, for that matter. Because yeah. I, as your wife, like, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, Yes, I know all the events that happen, but you know, you're busy. We, we have a kid like there's, you know, I, I've never really even like, I, I had an idea and we talked about it here and there, but like, what, what did that feel like? Like just the giant question mark of oh, holy shit, I'm on workers comp. It's a, it's a giant, you, you nailed it. It's a giant question mark because you don't know. Right. Um, Cause I mean, what happened was. I mean, what, well, what really got to that point was, yeah, I was on workers' comp for a while, and then there was a recovery, and then they brought me back to work, but I also had to go back for a second surgery to get the pins removed out of my wrist, right? But after I had that done, and I'm in this recovery stage, and the work is, has brought me back while I was driving a vehicle, and all of a sudden, boom, something happened, and the whole surgery failed, the original one. So now I'm back at square one, 
I have to get a third surgery done now, which is totally different than what they've done, which put me back in workers comp. And now that was where the big question mark was. Right. That's how it went. Exactly. Because I went back, (sighs) I had the surgery done thinking I was going to be a mechanic. We just didn't know to what heavy extent it would be. Mm -hmm. And then this happened. And then the original surgery where they fixed it with a tendon that failed. So now we're back to great. We have to do this all over again, go through Mm -hmm. the whole surgery. Mm -hmm. But at that point, because of the surgery he had to do, that's what ended the career. But we didn't know what was going to happen. So now I'm dealing with workers comp mentally dealing with myself. Like, what am I going to do? Um, what, what are they going to offer me? Am I like, is there the because I've heard that they'll retrain people, which they will, mm-hmm. but there's no guarantee of a job either, too, depending on what you choose. And the thing is, you don't get just to choose, oh, I want to be go be a lawyer. That That's not how it works. Um, how mm-hmm. it works is they will look at what your previous schooling is, what your previous skills are, and they'll base your schooling as to what they'll allow you to do off mm-hmm. of that because they want to keep the cost down for schooling, too. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, man, well, what am I going to do? Like, what is there like I was a mechanic what skills did I have I didn't really have any other post-secondary education other than this and I've invested 10 years of my life into it so what what are the options so then that's where they came up with the service advisor role but yeah it's it's a big question mark and it's stressful because you don't know where you're going right and what you want to do and I mean is it even Mm -hmm. are you even going to be happy doing it well, the thing is, too, it's not like you were just, like, one thing you and I would always talk about, because I won't lie, like, I want to be honest with the listeners, it was so stressful on, especially since we were in a new relationship, right? And mm-hmm. and and one thing that you and I would talk about, and I'm just remembering this now, is it's not like you were just a single guy renting out a basement, like, you had me, and you had our little guy, and we were getting, we had gotten married, so, like, mm-hmm. we're trying to move forward in life, and it was just, like, this big, giant, stop. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? So, yeah, lots of ambiguity. You become a service advisor. And what I think is really cool about this, and I want to touch on it before we, like, this is what I really wanted to get to today now that you've told the story, um, is how funny life can be. Because, obviously, we're sitting here in August of 2020. And just COVID-19 this past March. And mm-hmm. and you and I did not think that there was going to, like, okay, you're going to be a service advisor. You were very, very good at it. Very good. And, you know, finally, okay, the dust has settled. Um, and then, of yep. course, COVID hits. And now you're in another career. And well, it's just incredible to see where you're at now. Well, I think, yeah, the one really neat thing, though, was what happened out of all of this though was when that question mark came up as to what I'm going to do and work had offered this position, which they made up for me, which was really nice of them to do because it allowed me to explore that option, which ultimately made me realize, well, I have been kind of wasting my, not wasting my time because I got a lot of really good skills or um, yeah. I, yeah. I did gain a lot of great skills as far as being a mechanic. Cause I mean, I use that, still to this day and I mean that being said but it also made me realize when I went out as a service advisor and dealing with the public and with people and in general like man I'm a great people person and and it just kind of came it came so naturally to me and Mm -hmm. I mean I get that obviously from my family and my all my relatives because that's that's how my grandpa was I mean then I it made me realize well 
I almost should have been doing something <laughs> like this the whole time. Yeah, like so, it's crazy like to see I was talking to like my mom, your mother-in-law. <laughs> she hates it when you call her that. Mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> mother-in-law. But, uh, mother the mother-in-law it sounds so scary, but we both have awesome moms. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the Susans on here. But shout out <laughs> Sue Mama Sue, Captain Sue. Um I'm sure your mom's going to listen to this later too. Oh, probably. <laughs> but uh, I was talking to her about it the other day and like what, like for me, the take home and the reason I wanted to talk to you about it besides being my lab rat for the first episode is sometimes it's like, I think the lesson learned here is, uh, and this is what my mom and I were talking about the, the position you're in now, like third time's a charm, right? You love it. You've t- you're, you're uh, like you said, like you're a lot more of your grandfather's coming out in you who was a businessman. And you're like, you've evolved into like this totally higher level of yourself. And it's so cool to see. And I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I see it. Everyone around you sees it. And it was so scary, the whole path. But like sometimes the strangest things, like an injury, like COVID, all these things, got you to like these great places right so like maybe keeping the faith and i know you tell me that a lot right like laura you gotta like let's keep the faith here leap of faith this recent change was a huge leap of faith and you know just getting past the ambiguity of it all right yeah well i mean i remember when i first was considering (laughs) was considering the service advisor role my boss had given me the pay plan, like the pay structure. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh man. Cause it was commission based with mm-hmm. a bit of a, a very small salary. Mm-hmm. And I called you like, or I don't know if we're going to be able to make this work. <laughs> and yeah. I went over the numbers and you were like, Whoa, uh... but it, and it did, it wasn't, it, it was, it was good. But I mean, it, it was, it's very tough because some of the bonuses were just, you didn't have control over. And it was like, but I mean, we made it work and it was great. I mean, oh, yeah. the nice thing yeah. was it, it really helped me to enhance my sales skills, my people yeah. skills, like got me really well-rounded. And then, yeah. And then obviously COVID happens. So then obviously I'm off and now we're back to <laughs> here we go again. And but but, how, do you feel, how do you feel now that you're here? So now that I'm here and this is the funniest part is, yeah, you know what? I've gone through one change and then another one comes up. But the thing is, I've already gone and gone through it, right? So I've I've been down this road before of massive change. Not that I want to drag you down it, but I mean, it is what it is. Yee-hee! Yeah, exactly. That's marriage, Strap though. Strap up your boots there. That's but, marriage. Um, yeah. The thing was, is that my boss now, who I have currently, he had offered me this position before, and it was bugging me to come work for him. I said, I kept yes. saying, ah, you know, you know. I'm happy where I am. I've already put my wife through enough change. <laughs> I got to keep know, the old lady. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking like the hours are just too conflicting with yeah. what we're doing. But lo and behold, COVID happens. And yeah, then it's I, so cool though. It's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, I talked to my boss, my previous boss, and he was, I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, any idea when I might be coming back? And he, the answer he gave me just wasn't, it didn't sit terrific with me so it kind of Mm -hmm. really made me rethink hey maybe i should take that opportunity that i had Mm -hmm. the one where i'm at now i was in the mcdonald's drive-through when you called me after that conversation i still remember it i was getting a happy meal and (laughs) 
it For was you? like you were, yeah. <laughs> hey <laughs> but I was I and you I had like you know like you know intuition right and like mm-hmm. and my like we both had this intuition like uh, like I don't know we haven't heard yet and I remember just it felt like the rug just getting pulled right under us like we were just like almost like hysterically laughing like oh my god we need to like get moving here and figure out another game plan because we sure yeah. as heck we're not gonna wait around just to find out you didn't have something to go back to, which is unfortunately the situation for a lot of people yeah, right now. It is. And it is. I mean, you way to be ahead of the eight ball on it. Right. And well, yeah, I, I mean, mean that's what you got to do. Yeah. Well, right time, right place. Like it for sure. But I mean, I don't think there's any regrets you have <laughs> or your boss, like you fit in so well. And it's just, that's why I wanted to bring you on here today because going through those surgeries, I've never had surgery before. Um, I took you to, to the surgeries, looked pretty intense for sure. Um, and then, yeah, not only having to get like another one, like we just thought it'd be one surgery. Yeah. But it's just the whole message of it, I guess, is just like keep trying, right? Like yeah. keep taking the leap of faith. Like you could have so easily just been like, screw it. I'm just, you know, I'm going on. I'm. I'm going on EI. I'm not even going to try anymore. Yeah. But I mean, you, and, that's not in, that's not who you are. And you roast the challenge, right? So, oh, yeah. And at the end of the, so what it came down to, I mean, yeah, you, you, when you bring up leap, leaps of faith. Yes. Um, I remember we sat down one night and we kind of went over the pros and cons of, you know, yeah, it's, and for anyone, yeah, who's out there and either is in a, a job that they're not happy with and is like scared to go and, and try something, it's, like you're never going to know unless you try it. I mean, with this, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the scary part was I had to pretty much tell my previous boss, like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go, I'm going to move up with these guys. And, um, I kind of was saying goodbye to that. And with mm-hmm. no guarantee that if this one I took <laughs> hat was going to be a good fit and thank oh, yeah. God it was. And, yeah, but I mean, yeah, for a lot of people, that's the scariest thing you could do. And I mean, you, you know that because you went and jumped into realty. So, I mean. Yeah. At least we take turns doing it though. Yeah, hey? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah. So I think what you're trying to say is like, if you're scared of doing it, you should probably do it. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, like, any, cause anything I'm, I'm sorry. Is... Yeah. 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 Sorry. You keep going. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, I mean, anything that's scary is worth doing. I mean, if, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. That's, yeah. and that's just the way that's a matter of fact at that point yeah. um, with this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge mental hurdle for you to try and jump into and just figure it out. But I mean, thank God, because I'd already kind of developed a little bit of those skills. If I went from being a mechanic to doing what I'm doing right now, uh, it might have been a little tough because I would have a lot to learn. Luckily, I already kind of got a little bit of training as to how to deal with certain types of situations and, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to mimic people's voices or, or mirror them, sorry, and just little basic sales skills, right? And I mean, now that I've gotten into what I'm doing, I love it. Like, I've, I'm at a point now where I realize, wow, the previous one was a great idea because it made me realize I'm a people person. I love doing dealing with people like this on a on a personal level on a one-to-one helping people selling themselves whatever but now it's gotten to the point where i realize wow this is really where i want to be like mm-hmm. that and it's so and i mean 
the rewards are bar none the best so far. Yeah, seriously, it's crazy. So I think with that, um, I just want to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, and, well, thank you. And I guess what we're going to take away from this today is your message. And you know that I'm a believer in this too, is to anyone who's listening, that if you are scared of doing something, just freaking do it. Yeah. Do it. And I mean, as the, life is short. And the other thing is just mentally telling yourself, I can one, do it. you're I the best. I can do it. I'm the best. I like myself. The biggest thing is pumping yourself and believing in yourself. If yeah. you don't, then yeah, you know what? You're more than likely going to fail. But if you yeah. believe in yourself and pump yourself up and tell yourself you're the best of this and you will be, it's going to happen subconsciously. It will find a way to make it happen. Well, thanks for coming on today, James. Absolutely. It It was a pleasure. uh, Meet you for dinner later. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Um, So that was James McMahon on the podcast today, and I hope you enjoyed listening.